0: Hi, I'm Renee Philpot and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned, sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Welcome back to Selling with Charm. Today, our guest is Kim. I met Kim last year when she joined my community and it has been a joy getting to know her. Kim wears multiple hats, but the one we're focusing on today is Improbable Comedy, a company she is looking to grow. Join us as we cover her questions on cold calling, talk tracks, pricing, and bringing on team members. Let's get started. Good morning. Kim, it's so nice to have you. Introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your business.
1: Okay, well, um, it's great to it's great to be had. I'm excited to be here. So uh, I'm Kim LaVone, and I am the producer, owner and producer of Improbable Comedy. We produce uh, well, before the pandemic, we produced live stand-up comedy shows in and around the Washington, D.C. area. And now, of course, we're doing all virtual shows. I live outside Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, great. So, it's so nice to hear about you, and I love what you do, because I have never met someone who um, produced comedy, and, you know, one of my first questions was, do you perform, and, and, I and do what not, was your...
1: <laughs> I do not. i like to say that I'm just the producer. Um, it It's it's fun to perform, but a little bit, you know, if we've ever been short, an MC or something like that, and I've gotten up to, and I do, I do get up to introduce the shows, but of course it's very fun to stand up and, and stand with a microphone and command the presence of the audience and make people laugh for a moment, but that is very different than being funny on demand all the time, and the good comedians really work very hard all the time, so I'm happy to just be the one organizing and making it happen.
0: I can imagine the work behind putting it together and performing is very, very challenging um, but it's so rewarding for all of us who get to be in the audience right and it amazes me that you really had that vision of, of I could bring people together and be a bright spot in their day I, I think that is awesome. So, I,
1: like, I like the I like the feeling it's very satisfying to be like just past the half point of the show and you're standing at the back of the room and everyone is like doubled over laughing. And you just feel this satisfaction of like, I, br- I did this. I brought all these people together and everybody's laughing very hard. And they're going to go home feeling, you know, relaxed because they laughed a lot. Anyway, it's it's pretty satisfying.
0: Oh, that is just awesome. So you have a couple of things that I, we're going to, I'm going to hopefully be able to give you a little direction on and let's get started so tell me the first thing you would need you'd like a little help with
1: well i would say for me um i mean the biggest challenge that i have is we so i don't really have a lot of challenges selling or or getting people to come to the live shows you know the in person or even the virtual shows i know how much people need to laugh i know how good it feels for them I know that our comedians are great. We, we work very hard to book very funny comedians who are smart and, um, you know, not every show is a totally clean show, but like it's really good comedy, all of it. So I'm always very confident about that. So I don't ever feel like I'm selling that. But now we've started to be asked to do some private shows and we actually would like to do more private shows. Um, that would be a nice, um, a nice uh, compliment to our live shows. And it's a great way for our comedians to make a little more money. So I would like to do more private shows for businesses or private events. And I'm finding myself a little stuck on this idea that, that I'm like, suddenly it feels salesy. Like the, my shows never felt salesy, but making those cold calls, making that first call to a local business to say, um, Hey, would you, you know, is this something that you'd like for your staff? I don't, I don't know. I'm just stuck. And I, and it, it doesn't feel natural yet. It feels very awkward.
0: I understand completely. So, I, one of my questions was, how did you originally find the venues of where you're going to do the shows?
1: Sure. So, um, well, we perform in different venues around Silver Spring and uh, Tacoma Park in Washington DC. And what would happen is, I would go some. You know, I, I would go scoping out venues, looking up venues. Maybe I'd be having a dinner someplace. And we would notice that there was like a small stage, um, like in a local, uh, local eatery. And I would kind of look at it and be like, oh, let's see, that would be a good stage for comedy. Let's see where the chairs are. And kind of thinking about the audience in that restaurant. And and I'd be like, oh, this this could be great. And I would talk to the manager and say, you know, this is what I do. I produce these shows, we'll sell tickets and we will bring, you know, 50, 75, 100 people to your venue, to your restaurant, to your theater. And of course, that was an easy except for them because they're thrilled to have, you know, to have someone just bring on a on a weekday night or on a weekend night to have have us bring it. So that part was, you know, we would partner on one show. And then when that show is successful, then we would add, you know, additional shows. Um, so, that, so that's usually how it worked. Sometimes it took a little more, a little more hustle. We had to get somebody who knew the venue, who would like introduce me or get me into the manager, you know, and of course, sometimes they didn't. You know, say yes, they said no thanks. Uh, we have enough things or we don't really do comedy. but but that's how it was. That's usually how it works in the beginning.
0: Okay. so what you have just described to me was cold calling.
1: <laughs> I don't think of it like that.
0: So the, let me let me share with you what a cold call actually is. Cold calling, if you can look at it like you're really investigating, mm. you're not saying. I would do business with you no matter what. You are getting to know the person, so or the business, in in your case. So it's just that you had been using all of your senses to be able to discover if this is uh-huh. a good spot. You were saying, um, "I like the atmosphere here. They they already have a stage, or this, you know, you the the kind of people that I see coming." to eat here or whatever, are the kind of people who would enjoy comedy. So you had, and that was building confidence in you Mm -hmm. that I see how this would work. And when we're doing a blind cold call, like on the phone or, you know, we don't always have those advantages, but it's also one of the reasons that I love when we are able to do cold calls in person, when some people may be more fearful of that it's actually really good because you have to ask less questions. Mm-hmm. You can ask fewer questions to find out this is a good spot or not because there's probably places you went that didn't have a stage or you looked around and you thought, I'm not sure comedy is what they're looking for when they come here. Or if this is the type of people who normally come to my shows.
1: Mm-hmm. You know that,
0: mm-hmm. Those are the things you were able to see without asking. So you were actually doing a little a little investigating without even realizing what you were doing. The cold call came when you went to the manager or whoever to introduce yourself. That's really what a cold call is. is it' saying, "Hi, I'm Kim." You know that we do that all the time, but it doesn't feel salesy mm-hmm. because like you like you said, you had seen enough information to see the value that you were going to be offering. So once you start doing that same kind of thing, but in a different way, and you can start to feel who it works with and who says yes, then you'll be able to do a lot more of that with your senses like you have been. It's just adjusting to a new way of doing it. Does that make sense? It does. And what
1: I just have to say, you have such a nice way of coming up with language that is so accessible and and really taps into what you're actually trying to get to, which is, hey, you know, wanna talk about this for a second? <laughs> instead of feeling like, Do you want to buy my thing? <laughs> which is, which is I think my fear is, I don't want anyone to feel imposed upon, but I like that language of, oh, you know, you, you might have the kind of staff who would enjoy our show. Yes. <laughs> That's such an easy thing to, to say. Yes, it definitely makes sense. And, and I never thought of that as, you know, certainly to think of it as cold calling, because I think of cold calling as picking up the phone to speak to someone that you know nothing about. But you're really saying you shouldn't know nothing. There, there's already like a learning process, even if you're only learning the first thing.
0: Exactly. It's steps. And so um, when you, there, you have to get to the first step to be able mm-hmm. to get to the second and the third. Then it will get more comfortable just how it, no matter how you're cold calling or prospecting, it gets more comfortable because then there's clues that you pick up on that you don't have to ask anymore because you know. Mm. So um, just like you, you could see with your eyes the people who already had a stage. Well, when you, let's say you're going to be introducing private shows to a particular kind of business let's say it is apartment buildings well there's certain apartment buildings that have amenities that you will know they have a good spot or you know you'll learn to know oh uh, I see this apartment building offers this amenity and the last one we did a show in had the same amenity yeah so that's who I'll call now it's it, it's just a learning curve for you, but it's really the same thing you've been doing. And you, it, it's two things. It's a learning curve, and then it's you being able to see it in action. You probably can't remember the first person you went up to to say, this would be a great venue.
1: Uh, correct. I probably can't, though I do remember, of course, I can remember dozens of conversations I had with many, many, many people back then, when we were just starting. So it actually, it kind of, that's a good reminder to me that I could probably do those things again to start. I mean, for example, we're we're doing something next month. We're doing a, ne- a comedy and networking event with the local chamber of commerce. And I've been thinking about how I should frame who Improbable Comedy is at, as we're introducing this event. and And it probably makes sense to say we're doing more of these private shows and maybe that's something that you might be interested in, or maybe, you know, someone that might want to do that. It doesn't have to be that they're the audience for the show. It could be that they are just say to a colleague or that they mentioned to their spouse that, that this is something. So I think, you know, casting a wide net really served us very well in the beginning. And I think that that makes a lot of sense now. And it also just, it lightens the pressure on each individual conversation Yes. If somebody doesn't bite, it's you're just like that's okay. I'll just go have that conversation with someone else.
0: And that's the reason that I really wanted you to have a broad, like a long list, Um, because then you realize there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity here. Mm -hmm. So there's two points that I want to point out. So back when you first started, you probably were a little reluctant in some occasions, but you don't remember that because Mm -hmm. you've had success since then. Mm-hmm. And you saw how it worked so well for them. So it was easy. It got easier and easier to introduce yourself and what you were doing because you had, had success and you had saw that was successful for the venues. It's, it's the same thing in this case. You're going to forget that it was a challenge to move from one kind of show to another yeah. once you've got some success. We forget. Thank goodness we do. We forget how hard things are. Right. <laughs> And so that we can move on and and it's good. Um, We just have to get started for it to get easier. I kind of, I I often say it's like when you, when you're going to go swimming, you have to get your head wet or you stay cold the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's what this is like. It's like, you've got to get your head wet to not be freezing cold. And then you get comfortable in the water. That's how this is. You, you get a little success and, and you realize a no is not, never it's not right now and you start building the pieces there are people that you'll you'll reach out to that is not a good fit for you and this is a good time for you to to be able to tell that yeah um so think of it in terms of i'm getting to know them i'm i'm reaching out to see if they're a good opportunity for us not reaching out to see if they're going to pay me
1: correct (laughs) correct
0: Yes. So that try it from that point of view and it'll be easier for you. And then once you, um, it's just an introduction A cold call is an introduction and you may not move, you may not get to introduce yourself really to the person who makes decisions from the beginning, but you at least know one more step Mm -hmm. of -hmm. the process and, um, like it's just a puzzle that you're going to be putting together. And sometimes you can put it to one prospect and put it together pretty quickly and find out it's not a good fit right now. And another one, it may take six or eight months, maybe longer to figure out that one last piece of when do they have events or, you know, who, who really makes the decision. I've found in cold calling, you know, there's stages. Like one time I may think the decision maker is, um, is Susie. And then after I've talked to Susie a couple of times, I realized that she's only the person that tells me no, but there's somebody (laughs) above her. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's a part... It's investigating the whole yeah. thing is, um which is I think probably the reason I like cold calling so much. I'm a little bit nosy, so it gives me an opportunity to find out some more information. So look at it like that. Instead of I'm going to, I, I want to sell them something to, today, or I want to sell them something. You may or may not want to. You're going to find yeah. out, you know, if they're good fit. It's just you've been used to using a different system and your senses in a different way and once you change the your direction you'll be fine it it won't feel like a cold call just like you didn't realize you were doing cold calls
1: yeah it's that's a really great way to look at it and you know I'm thinking also of many other things that have changed over the last you know eight years that I've been doing shows and certainly I know so much better about what makes a good show and i also know what's the incentive for the venue when i go i know i know like, i'm am i know exactly to talk in their language how many people will be sitting in your venue <laughs> how much you know how much are you going to make in ticket sales or a percentage or in food and drink so though i know that i i think that con- you know i'm like the comedy is really great i know that for them there there's an, an, another very important factor and i think that's good for me to think about when i'm talking to these private vendors, apartment buildings, or companies. What is it that would be a win for them is not necessarily what's a win for me. I want like the funniest show and people laughing so hard and being like that comedy was amazing. But for them, it's probably thinking, our you know our company really cares about us that they yes. did for us that they recognize how important it is to get a break. And so I think thinking about it that way is is will be helpful.
0: And another thing, it's easier. It went or harder. It's easier to move forward on something when you already haven't been successful in another way. So, when you first started, it wasn't as difficult because everything was new. Right. You didn't have anything to compare it to. Any step was a great step. And now you've had success under these certain conditions, and now you have to change it. So, it feels harder. Um, but it's really the same thing you did before, just in a new direction. so look at it like that it's it's um you do all the right steps already. It's just that you have to look at it from a different point of view. Awesome,
1: super helpful. taking notes.
0: <laughs> okay, and then let's see um, make sure that we've covered. Is there anything else with the cold calling? so just to start the cold call um Again, it's just an introduction. So um, I, I think you, you know, you're just wanting some guidance behind them. but it... well,
1: I would say if I could ask one additional question on just on the cold calling. So let's say I'm at an event, I meet someone, I think, ah, oh, that person seems like they're you know their their company size and their mission probably is aligned with ours, and this could be a great fit. Maybe I get that person's name. If I don't, I mean, this is what I can feel myself even getting stuck, even though we've just talked about how it, like, but so then I go to call and I, I reach out. I just introduce myself. Hi, I'm Kim. We, I was at a chamber event and I heard about your company and wanted to tell you a little about, about my shows. I, I'm, I'm just not sure what I should say that. Yeah, I think I'm getting a little stuck on what my opening line should be. And maybe I have to just practice a few different
0: ones. Okay. And so, um when when you first okay, if you don't know if it's the person that you're supposed to speak with, mm-hmm. keep it as brief as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but comfortable don't you know you want to sound like you're somebody right next door, mm-hmm. somebody in the community, and if you know the person that you are looking for, let's say that you went to a chamber. And you know the person, or you you think the person you need to a chamber meeting, and you think the person you need to speak with is Bill, and you're going to call Bill, mm-hmm. and the receptionist answers the phone, and you you would not have to introduce yourself to 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 who they are, but you could say, um, "Hi, I was, I was calling for Bill," and then if they say, "Could I ask who's calling." keep that as brief as possible Mm -hmm. so you would want to say yes it's Kim I met him at a chamber meeting and um, was just reaching out a lot of times that'll get you through to sound like a normal person calling instead of Mm -hmm. and then same way if you don't know who you're asking for Mm -hmm. let's say you're you're reaching out cold you didn't meet anybody you would say hi it's Kim and I'm really looking for who takes care of HR benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, then you wouldn't have to explain who you are in that case, but you would get a little piece of information. You know, who takes care. Now they're gonna give you somebody and you don't know. But then when you get connected to that person, then you give them a little bit more information. Still not a wide range, you know, not a big spiel. Because mm-hmm. you don't know if it's the person yet. Right. So you're so you're introducing yourself, I'm Kim, and I produce comedy, you know, and I'm really just reaching out. We've been doing some things with different companies with their HR department. Who would I need to speak with in your company? You know, you're you're not really giving any benefits or um reasons why they should say yes, yeah, you're just getting information, giving a little, getting a little. And I keep going with those people until I get pushback. Mm -hmm. And to give you an example, let's say I say, uh, I just wanted to reach out. We we do some shows for HR departments. Who would be in charge of something like that? And if they said, well, we don't do anything like that, then I would feel like that was pushback. And -hmm. I would say, I completely understand, you know, oh, uh, you should say if you, you know, it, if you have just a couple minutes, I was looking for some information. It's really what you're looking for is information. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people, when you start talking, will, they're listening. Are they trying to sell me something? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you're not really, you're just looking for information. Right. Right. Um, so keep it, like in that kind of form, just very conversational, because mm-hmm. that's really what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And probably most of the time on the first reach out, you might not be able to say, can we book a show? But okay. you're finding out, is that something they would even consider? Do they do anything like that? Um, and again, you're building the puzzle, but keep it as brief and casual and comfortable as possible. Yeah. So use words It's easy for you to say, and you would say in everyday conversation, mm-hmm. um, so that it's just easy for you. Now, not everybody uses my Southeast Kentucky accent and words, <laughs> but you. It's use tempting that. though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just make it comfortable, and if and when you get some pushback, just. I'm always very, um, I guess, aware of their time and appreciative. So I'll say, I can see you're busy. I'll I'll give Bill a call back another day. Thanks Mm -hmm. so much. And so that usually that'll break the mood a little Mm -hmm. so that they don't feel like they're on guard against everything. And then if you, let's say you call, for Bill three or four times. And it's always Mary that answers the phone. When you start to get to know Mary, you can, and again, this is part of the puzzle. You can say, Mary, thanks. You're so kind every time I call. Now it's still a good time that I can reach him. So I won't be calling you every day at this time. And they'll tell you, they'll yeah. share with you because you've built up a relationship with him. Yeah. And then once you finally get to the decision maker, you will continue to build that relationship with them in the same way. Does that make sense? A hundred percent.
1: Yes. This is yes. The slowing it down, the taking it bite by bite. Yes. And I, I, again, like this idea that just, if there's more, if it's a wider net, each individual interaction doesn't have to be so loaded you know, or so important. It can just be a call, you know, or just a connection or just a checking in or, you know, I wondered if you're planning something for the holidays. Have you, I can just see how if if it's if it's a slower kind of process of really building those relationships, connecting, then it it really will feel more natural.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Very good.
1: Yeah.
0: Any more questions that I can help you with with cold calling?
1: No, that was great.
0: Okay, great. Now, Les, you had um, an, you had something else you wanted to help me wanted me to help you with. And I think it was um, in regards to introducing pricing.
1: Okay. Yes. So sometimes someone will reach out to me um, and I mean, I would say this probably happens every couple of months. Someone will shoot me a note and say, um, hey, I'm planning a professional day for my staff or I'm doing a New Year's Eve party or something like that. And um, I wanted to talk to you about maybe doing some comedy for us. So I, I mean, I don't really have a, a system. <laughs> Let's say, I don't have a sort of a system for answering. I think that would probably be helpful if I did, but it's 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 not quite enough yet to have a, an official plan for responding. But usually I just write back and I say, um, I'd love to talk to you about bringing some great comedy for your whatever event. And sometimes I'll give some clarifying questions, like here's some things to think about before we talk, like um, is it a virtual event or is it an in-person event? And are there any particular things I need to know about this, the comedy? Sometimes they'll say it has to be a clean show or it has to be, um, we're looking for someone from a particular background. You know, if it's like a, if it's a group from the Southeast Asian business people, sometimes they'll say, do you know a comedian? So I, I often can find, you know, specialty comedians. In any case, it's a question for me. At what point? Because I know they want to know how much is this going to cost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, 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 it's not that I don't want to say, but I'm, I'm nervous to introduce it at the wrong point. Understand. Uh, so that yeah, I guess that's my question is at what point you bring up pricing and what are the things I should be thinking about with that?
0: Okay, so it is. That's one of the hardest things because we don't know what the other person is expecting. That's really where the the fear around introducing pricing at the wrong time comes from because we don't know what kind of reaction we're going to get from them so there are some you're you're exactly right with some of those clarifying questions. it gives you an opportunity to put some parameters around it so that you can know even where to start
1: mhm mhm.
0: Um, So maybe spend some time having like maybe three options Uh, and you will have, it will depend on you. You may have just two options, Mm -hmm. but some think about some things that would really throw you a curve or make it more expensive or harder for you to put together and make sure you can rule that out or include it in the pricing. And then when another uh, question that you can ask and it's, it works really good if you're in conversation not in email you can do it through email too but it's really good if you can get on the phone or in person with them and you can say now tell me do you have a budget in mind is
1: mm-hmm. it
0: have you ever done anything like this before because what happens is you're not just pricing it to the maximum amount to beat their budget but you're just saying there's there's some different things i can do and if i know kind of what your budget is it'll help me plan the best show for you
1: yeah i um (laughs) this is an interesting question i think that's a great question on this side of it when i'm on the receiving side of that question it it's like hard for me to think i'm like why are you asking me if i have a budget just tell me how much your thing costs But I understand, as the person providing this, that there's a vast difference between what you can do for $300 and what you can do for $3,000. I mean, it's not even, you know, it can all be funny, but it's just not at all the same polish, the same length, the same attention to detail. This is just different how much support you can provide. So I do understand that. Um, Yes, I do understand. And I think that would be a good question for me to include Do you think that's good to include in that first you know here are some things you might want to think about should i put at the bottom like if you have a particular budget in mind or should i just let them think on those questions first
0: Uh, yeah so if you can get the answers to the questions first it would probably help you know where to start okay so to give you an example of how to move forward from this so you get some answers and you say Hmm, I could probably put together something affordable for this, or I can put something together and they're going to love it, but it it it's going to be on the higher end of our offerings. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, it's between this and this. And so the way to introduce that without sounding like just, and I'm I'm like you, there's, if it's not done correctly, you feel like, just tell me the price already and I'll decide if I can afford it. <laughs> but to give you an example, like with copiers, copiers can start anywhere. The kind that I sell, of course you can go to office Depot and get them probably for under a hundred dollars now, but they start from anywhere from 600 to a hundred thousand dollars. So asking just, do you have a budget really doesn't help, but if they have answered some questions and I already know that, they're going to be somewhere between three and five thousand, and then so I always say, "Okay, I've got a couple of options. Is there a budget we need to keep in mind, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, there's a couple of things we could do? They're very different in price, but there's a reason behind it. But mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. you are showing them the value of whatever price it is. So it's a way. The only reason." You ask about another way to ask about that is, you know, in the past, have you had a good experience putting something together like mm. this? Did you? Where was there um, a a budget around that event, or are you planning on this to be in line with the expenses you had at that event? You know, there's ways to ask it without saying the budget part, but what you want to know. Do you want to ask as many clarifying questions as you can that helps you narrow down to your to your packages to know Girl. which way to go. You know, I never want to go to somebody and say I have a $600 one and I have a $60,000 one you decide. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. I want to I really want to narrow it down to between if it's six and eight hundred dollars, there's a big difference what you get for that. I've got two options, and I usually have one that I want them to to choose for them. Sometimes it's the lower end because low use, and they'd be, you know, they don't. There's things they don't need, those bigger buttons and bigger screens for all of that. And I'll tell them, you know, yeah. you could get this, but these are the benefits, and I, you, you probably won't use those. And so that's helping you with you're sort of justifying price, but really what you're doing is showing the value.
1: Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I do think you're right. Getting some of those clarifying questions is probably the best first start. And also I think inherently by asking those questions, you know, anyone who's gonna give some thought to those questions is gonna give some thought to what this is gonna cost. So yes. that by the time we're having that that conversation I now have more information and they already hopefully have, you know, been doing some thinking about what, you know, what it really entails to bring a live performer to a business um, or to a private event. So, um, and I, and I, and I I hear what you're saying that there is an element and this, this was true also when I used to, you know, sell to venues, to go to venues, there was some educating, you know, and explaining what are the pieces that really matter um, like it it really helps if everyone at the event can sit <laughs> and sometimes people aren't thinking about that when they're planning a happy hour let's say and they think oh this will be a lot funnier if people aren't standing you know <laughs> and this will be a lot funnier if they're if they're not hungry like if they're not waiting for the food and like where's my food why do I have to listen to this person make me le-? you know so there are some things that you know in terms of educating about a good event and what makes a good event so I think that can also be part of I mean, that's the difference between taking us for doing an event in a show like this and just going to some show, seeing a comic and saying, can you perform at my at my event? Like that would be a lot cheaper. (laughs) But I feel like when we're going to provide an event, it's going to be very good in many ways. Like the whole event is going to be great, you know, and so there's just that that is the value. Right. They don't have to worry about those things because we're going to worry about those things.
0: Yes. And I love that you said that because when we, sometimes we can feel like we're being salesy by telling the benefits, but really what you're doing is you're helping them appreciate them. So if you have shared, they're going to really laugh a lot more if they can see it. And if you can have the food where they're not waiting so long. So then when it comes time and they're, they're enjoying the show and they start looking around, they say, Wow. That seating that does make a difference, mm-hmm. and so they're going to recognize what you pointed out, but they're going to recognize the value that you brought them, and then they're going to share it with other people. You know, we had this great experience, and she really knows all about how to set it up, and you don't have you know you don't have to worry about that. She knows how to make people laugh. That is selling it, but they yeah. don't even realize they're being sold on it. But they needed that. They needed those. They, that that's one of the things that get with you is that experience
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense and yeah I'm, I'm starting to think about how to create a, an orderly system for responding to these you know these contacts because I think the more I start talking about them the more queries I'm going to get and I want to be ready for that
0: well and that's what everybody wants everybody wants you know people reaching out to them and you you know those good questions that you come up with those clarifying things are really what's going to start making them um, want to do work with you because they're going to know that by the questions you ask you're really putting thought into this yeah you know and that it's important to you that it's quality and I think you'll find you'll get more comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. The more I do it and the more times I practice and and the more I create what makes sense for a system for responding and when to share what information and, and also just having clarity. You know, if I, if I can make a matrix even for myself to say, well, if it's this type of event in this type of a venue and, you know, here here's the pricing. This is what makes sense for us. This is what we need to do to cover our costs and make, you know, for our business model. I and do then, think then it's very clear. I mean <laughs> yeah. I don't have to share the matrix with them but for for us and my, me and my team to know.
0: Yes, that is very important that you just take some time to figure out what pieces you put together for each thing and then what the benefits of those are. So um so it's not so overwhelming for you mm-hmm. when it's time to do that, you mm-hmm. know, to so that it's easy to get back to people and then it's easier for them to say yes. So I would suggest maybe picking two or three go to packages that you mm-hmm. and then once you ask those clarifying questions and you know that you're giving them exactly what they were looking for, then it's going to be natural and easy to move into the price.
1: Awesome. That's super helpful. Okay.
0: Good. All right. And um, is there anything else that I can help you with?
1: I feel like that's the, those were the main things. I mean, I will say the the last piece that I've been working on, I I can probably hold it off to, to 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 one of our other conversations. It's at another point, but just you know, when we've been talking about kind of creating a system, that is helping me think about how I would share this responsibility with someone else on my team and 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 try. From I mean, really, because one of the things that all of these good business podcasts that I've been listening to. You know, is really talking about creating systems that sustain, that are not you doing all the work all the time. Yes. Even though I know the business best, and I feel like I sell it best, but you know, t- trying to bring someone in, even at this point, even as we're figuring these things out, to start to be able to talk about them. So I'm, I'm just thinking about how important that is at this point, to in terms of bringing a team member to have these conversations and talk about the way we'll move forward with this.
0: So, yes, if you are, you know, looking to train a team member, the most important thing is that they know the value. So you can really see what you're doing. So you want to be able to express that to them and then be able to tell you back the Mm. benefits so that you can see that they get what you're doing in the picture of that. So I would spend some time before I set them loose to talk to people and to, to make sure that they understood what, what we're doing and what our goals are and really the benefits to the people that we're working with and once they understand okay this is what we do it's easier for them to say oh I'll reach out to this person because they're a good fit because I know they'd be looking for this so the very first thing is they have to now they may not have the same, you know, full on enthusiasm right now as you do, because you created this and you you saw that vision before anybody else. But they will really appreciate the value to be able to be able to express it to someone else. So have them tell it back to you, kind of, and make sure that they they cover it, that they understand the full benefits like you do. And then um, they, they can certainly, once they do that, then it's easier to build that process of, you know, we reach out, we you know, the reaching out, that process is not hard mm-hmm. once you understand the value that you're bringing. Um, but I would tell you the, the very first thing is I'd make sure that they saw the value and that when I asked, like you know, I'd ask them some questions to see how they answered me back, to make sure that I could say, Oh, I probably cause this I'm I get very excited about what I'm selling. So when I've been training team members, I may say, um, oh I forgot to tell you one of the best things, you know, because I know that, but I forgot to tell them that this is one of the best things. So that's part of when you bring on a team member is just telling them the story sort of and having them tell it back to you and making sure you didn't forget some of the best things.
1: Yeah, right. That's so true. <laughs> All right, that's very helpful. That's a great starting point. <laughs> I gotta walk slowly into this piece, but yeah, that's, it's really helpful. <laughs>
0: Okay, and it's not just you. Everybody has to um, walk slowly into that piece again as the founder. And you had that vision from the beginning. So it's personal to you. And you know that you take pride in it. And and they will too. Um, It just takes some time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's, it's an adjustment for a person. If if you're the person who founded and created the whole thing, by your nature, you also like want to have control or, or need. <laughs> and so it's, it, you know, I have, I have been able to release pieces to other people, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's a process of being able to let other people do things that for a long time, I just did myself.
0: You know? Yeah. It's about, I, 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 struggled with this for quite a while. And it's about trust
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, you can trust those people, but you have to, you know, you, we can't see what they're feeling or what they're, you know, and so it's harder for us, but you have to trust in the process and it'll be much better for you. So yeah. remember that trust.
1: I love it. <laughs> trusting them and also like just trusting yourself that you pick good people, you know, <laughs>
0: yes. And that you, other people do great work. You know, that. <laughs> right. you know, they there's the world goes around every day because people are doing great work. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So keep that in mind. <laughs>
1: This is so great. I really loved having this time with you. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, and I'm excited. I get to see you this afternoon too. I know. Okay. <laughs> Have a great evening. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Bye. You too. Bye bye.